Welcome to the season finale and Christmas special of Rambling Ambos. As always, the opinions and ideas of those on the show are their own. They do not reflect any service or organisation they may be associated with. Coming up, we find out what strange gifts the team have received whilst working. Then, we play a special highlights package looking back at the year that was. Later in the debrief, we're joined by a special guest as we take a closer look at the aged care system. Then, it's the rack that decides the winner of the Victorinox Rescue Tool. And for the final time in 2020, it's a cases review session in the clinical corner. All this and much more, it's coming up right now. Welcome back to Rambling Ambos for the final time of 2020. My name is Carl and today you've got Genevieve. <laughs> How are you? I'm Jen. great, Carl. How are you? Good, really well. And Lee over to my right. How are you, mate? I'm good. Good? I'm good. Yeah, good, guys. Good to be back. It's, it's been a while. Christmas special. Yeah. Our 10th episode, <gasps> season finale. I mean, I didn't think we'd get this far, to be honest, but uh, here we are. Such little faith, Carl. Go yeah. faith. Oh, look. Look, it's uh, thanks to you guys listening at home, which is uh, why we're still here. Uh, plenty of feedback. In fact, we've got a caller statement of the week that's uh, come Ooh. through. Oh, nice. Um, this one was sent in and the caller statement read, it was a 60-year-old male uh, who was tucked in too tightly into bed and is now <laughs> unable to move. Wow, that's really tight. Wouldn't that be a fun job just to yeah. go and... Maybe. Un- well, actually not him? fun. Wrong, wrong, wrong word, but yeah. Just untuck them. I would probably tuck them in tighter. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's like a world like bed tucking in championships and maybe that his wife should go and compete. Imagine if it was like how well you can make a bed. I wonder who tucked him in and he's managed to call that. mum? (laughs) 60? How old's mum? She could have been 90. Yeah, Yeah, and then just deaf, unable to be um, untucked. called. (laughs) Mum, you've tucked (laughs) me in too tight. Doesn't have a mobile phone. I mean, yeah, things are really, yeah, (laughs) looking up. How's that? Oh, Guys, I would what love you... to know where that was from. Oh, what, what the what, what part of the world of Australia? Um, I think that might have even been sent in from uh, another I, I, I don't know. The International yeah, Space yeah. Station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah imagine that. Pakistan. No luck up there. Yeah. Um guys, what are your plans over Christmas? Are you working? Are you off? What's the story? I am working Christmas Eve oh. and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So at least I've got mm. Christmas off. So I'm okay. doing a Chrissy brunch. Yeah. I got lucky. I'm doing another role at the moment, which uh, means that I got the whole Christmas news break oh, off. Congratulations. Nice. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Well, it's the Carl? first time I'm working Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, it's a good I've managed, fun shift. Yeah, I've never worked yeah. it before. I've done Christmas Eve night mm. and into the day and finished in the morning. Mm. But I haven't done the day shift before. Um, mm. I've managed to escape it for the last few years. You so. know what I, I find? It. It's, uh, it's quite... Mm. It's quiet because no one wants to call yeah, an ambulance on Christmas there. Day. Yeah, and no. if you get called to people's houses, I find they're very giving with yeah. food. <sighs> they just want to ply you with food. It is a bit awkward accepting food off people. Oh, not on Christmas Day. Not on Christmas it's Day. It's totally acceptable. Like Should the cleanliness of the, yeah. of the place, you know. <laughs> like when you get a 60 or 70 year old nonna who's just done a yeah. some cookies that... Yeah. You I think it's sweet and end up savoury. You know what's good? Uh, being a single responder, you can go to each station and eat all their food. <gasps> oh, yeah. Interesting. You yeah. have played the system. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So it's not just your station that you eat the food at. It's all of them. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, look, that won't be me for a few years, but... Um, mm. Interesting. Keep well, your mind. Yeah, yeah, I will. Jen, it's uh, something you're, you're well, up for. Well, I won't be on. Maybe Christmas Eve. I'll see if there's any Christmas course. Eve. Yeah, they'll have snacks. Food. They'll have snacks. Yeah. You um, might see Santa. I'm, I'm oh, nice. yes, Christmas Eve. Hopefully I finish at 10, so I mm. won't. Yeah, but true. 
And you're all tucked up in bed. Yeah, exactly <laughs> Not right. too tightly. Um, guys, well, in the spirit of Christmas, uh, I want to know what have you been gifted with at work? Has uh, a patient or someone given you an amazing gift or a, a present or or something mm. that you've just been like, wow, thank you? Or was it a service? Um, a service? <laughs> tickets? Oh, yeah, mm, I don't know. That is it, again, wrong Jen? my mind goes to the Jen. gutter. I don't know. Jen. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have had someone try and give me a nice green hundred dollar note and put it straight into my hand and it's that straight away it's that like oh this is so easy to accept but i cannot and it was for a nosebleed like it was ridiculous and um i was like thank you but i really can't and the lady was like no my mum really wants to give it to you i was like no 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 i I get paid by the government it's fine just keep it for the bill that arrives in a few weeks time (laughs) (laughs) you might need a couple more (laughs) which i thought was really sweet is so she she listened to me and she took the money back but then the the mum and daughter turned up at hospital half an hour later with a giant bag of Hague's chocolates oh, to give that's everyone. Lovely. Was it a hundred dollars worth? <laughs> no, yeah. it was like twenty. So very stingy, <laughs> let me oh, say. Yeah, no, but I thought that was Short nice. Short change. That is nice. Yeah. The last thing, uh, yeah, it was Christmas. It was just a couple of bottles of wine. Oh. A cu- a couple. It was a couple of bottles of wine. You know when people probably have had too many bottles yeah, of wine and, and like, then they oh, want to say thank you offloading. and all they can yes. really get their hands on is alcohol. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't know. What, that's a that's a dilemma. That's an ethical dilemma. Yes. Do, Do you, you accept, accept it? Like technically. Clearly not. If clearly. it's over $10, we have to declare it. Mm. Really? Yeah. But it could be really cheap wine. <laughs> yeah, right. It could have been. Yeah, two, two really cheap bottles. You didn't ask for the receipt, did you? <laughs> I didn't ask them. No. Oh, did you did you take them? The Actually, you don't have to drunk. answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> half drunk, lovely, yummy. I didn't take them. Oh, and does that go. apply to like because those chocolates, for example, if they're over ten dollars, however, they were gifted mm. to like five paramedics sitting so at the div- divisible by so, five. So two dollars um, each. Well, were they liqueur chocolates? No. Oh, like it, oh. there was just they were literally milk buttons. It was real. <laughs> it was cheap. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about um, you? well, so I went to this mega mansion, and this was in the peak of COVID, mm. and um. We we went for the we went to the job and there was a family there. Uh, ended up being a non transport mm. and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, all right, well, see you later, guys. Take care, all the best. Um, and the dad was like, oh, hang on a second, just just wait a second, mate. I, I, I'll get something for you. I'm like, ooh, okay. <laughs> What's coming around? Is it going to be keys for a car? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a pretty big house, guys. Like it yeah. was huge. Yeah. Um, anyway, he comes out with a bottle of hand sanitizer. Oh. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I was getting so excited. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. That's actually really kind. And you know what? It was the cream of the crop hand oh, sanitizer. Like the, the, the smell, the, oh, yeah. the um, not the flavor, but what the smell. I was going to say, because some of the alcohol it, it, places were doing hand sanitizer. It was so smooth sanitizer. on my hand. And yeah, yeah like the gin, gin distilleries yeah. were doing yeah. hand sanitizer. So yeah. they own something like that. And, and yeah. anyway, they look, it was a lovely gift. And um, oh, I thought kind. it was there. Yeah. yeah. What a disappointing I know. <laughs> we have that much hand sanitizer. I know. I know. Look, we're working somewhere else in the world. Probably a good thing. But um, yeah. we've been very fortunate yes. here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, the other night I went to patient this was kind of funny though went to a patient who was a bit of a character right a very peculiar person with some peculiar um international things in his house anyway Mm. i was there with another crew and um we ended up having a very lovely chat with him but like i said very odd character and then one of the other crew members was admiring his peacock feather display Oh. And got gifted two peacock feathers. Oh, wow. Oh. That's, that's lovely. Which I thought was a very unique I remember gift picking up one when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I said to him, are you going to keep them? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so weird. Like, do you turn them into a pen? Like, like ink? Can you like, is it no. like a quill? No. Okay. Mm. 
<laughs> I feel like that'd be a bit dirty, though. Well, yeah, yeah feathers. feathers. I'm not a fan of feathers. Mm. Um, but in the peak of COVID again... You don't wear a feather boa? No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like, like a feather boa, like around the neck? Uh, no, I haven't oh, actually. What are those like? Why? Why? Why do you think I would have? Oh, just interested to know. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, moving right along. Um, we oh, just this one other one actually. Um, went to Macca's. Uh, I was working night shift with my uh, uh, my coworker, and um, McDonald's came out with this um, free voucher where you can get a free medium Coke or a free cappuccino if you're emergency oh, service that worker. Was the best. And it literally came out maybe two hours before. Mm. It was two a.m. Mm. And I'm like, right, we're going to Macca's. Yeah. Went to Macca's. I'm like, oh hey, just here for my free medium Coke. Yeah. And they're like, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm what? like. Oh no, you've got a promotion going. Um, <laughs> it's for emergency if work. You could just emergency ring, if you could just ring the boss and ask. <laughs> well, I had to get my phone out and show them the Twitter oh, thing. So oh, degrading. Yeah, well, so you degrading. know what? If it was Jenny's tuck shop down the road, 100% I wouldn't have done that. But it's McDonald's. So, yeah, you yeah. Know what? true. Absolutely go. They've got a couple of bucks to spare. Oh, it's fine. So. I did take advantage of that. I really yeah, did. Good. Yeah, good. The, the, the medium. It's not still ca- going. No, is a it? small cappuccino yeah. on the way to work. Yeah, it was, it was good. Well, look, guys, um, exciting times. We're giving away the rescue tool, the Victoria <gasps> Knox. So um, what we're going to do, you guys are both playing in the rack a little bit later. What we're going to do, we've, I've written down everyone's name. I've put them onto a big spinning wheel on the computer. It does look like Wheel of Fortune. Yes, it does. And what we're going to do, we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to get two names. They're going to mm-hmm. be assigned to you both. Oh. And whoever wins the rack wins the rescue tool. So you ready to spin the wheel? Spin yes. it. All right. Spinning the wheel. It's a bit of an anticlimax. Do we have any music to go over well, the spin? Well, we might add it in a bit later. Okay, good. Um, but the first person is Jesse John Samet. Uh, and he, you, you'll be playing for... Um, Jen, Jen, me. Jen will be playing for you. Jesse John. Jesse. Um, so good luck. Best of luck. Lee's, Sorry, Jesse. Lee's won the last two. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ooh. Ready to find our next finalist? Yep. Spinning the wheel. It's spinning really fast right now. It's uh, starting to slow. It's slowing down. We're looking at a name. Ooh. We've got Charlotte. Charlotte. So Charlotte and Jesse. Okay. All right. So, so we don't know Charlotte's last name. No, but okay. we, um, we've we got her on our Facebook page. Yeah. So okay. We'll, okay. Hopefully she's listening and uh, will message us too if she doesn't get it. So now, can I make a request? Mm. Can we use our names to buzz in? Because I keep forgetting what my buzz is. <laughs> no, guys, you're using your animal names, okay? We've done it all year. We're animal not changing names, Animal noises. Oh, animal noises. <laughs> I got that wrong Cow. last time too. Quack. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Well, look, guys, before we get into any of that, yes. um, I've put together uh, the Rambling Ambos Year in Review. <gasps> it's our highlights package. Da, 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 da. Are you ready for it? I love Shoot. it. All right, let's give it a whirl. After months of brainstorming, planning and ideas... Rambling Ambos was born. We sourced the equipment, we found some strangers. Now all that was left was to create an intro. This is the year that was. Hey there guys, my name is Carl, this is Rambling Ambos, and in just a few moments time, Jen and Eva joining me here for the debrief. Well, look, whilst it does sound I'm somewhat straining on the intro, it was a start. Now, we just needed something to talk about. Thankfully, a little-known pandemic was brewing in Wuhan, China. Coronavirus has turned deadly in Australia. We've recorded the first death from the disease since its outbreak eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago. And with the global pandemic now the talk of the town, what better else to do than provide some quality public service announcements? Don't gown up 
after you've put your seatbelt on. <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't. Thankfully, though, that didn't result in an arrest. Uh, it was a... Just a trapped paramedic. <laughs> <laughs> So our public service announcements probably needed a bit more work, so we moved right along to our top five caller statements where we learnt that Evan is perhaps not as soft and fluffy on the inside. Does that ones. just grind really your gears? resilient community we have <laughs> can, here, isn't it? Can you it? feel yeah, your blood pressure fantastic. going up? Like That's when you just turn up with a flat face and you're just going, I, I have no words. Uh, someone's going to be leaving with a second sore knee, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Did he just say that? Uh, someone's going to be leaving with a second sore knee, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So after having a chat to Evan about what our expectations are about violence on the show, well, it didn't take long to learn that Jen is also not that dissimilar. This the is very much wishes. They do part. end up in court a lot of those cases. Mm. Yes, too. but what what happens if you don't have time for court? I have a solution. You stab the parent because then they become unconscious. <laughs> we do not incite <laughs> violence. On so this. with the podcast now spiralling out of control and both Evan and Jen threatening to hurt people, well, I needed to look for someone special, someone with a unique set of skills that can bring the balance back. I don't know who you are. Oh, hey, Lee, it's me, Carl. I work with you. I don't know what you want. Oh, to come on the podcast. If you're looking for a ransom... I can tell you I don't have money. No, you don't have to pay us. What I do have... Yes? ...are a very particular set of skills. Ooh. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Oh, wow. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Ooh, and after that brief and awkward encounter with Lee, he came on the show as a guest and stuck around, becoming a permanent member of the team. Team, congratulations, Lee. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, thanks for uh, signing on the uh, dotted line. Yeah, pleasure. Uh, it's going to be a real coup for your career. Yeah, uh, it's going straight <laughs> on my CV. <laughs> In bold. Yeah. So with now four of us on the team, the time had come to pit them against one another in the only way I knew best, the Rambling Ambos quiz. Animal buzzers were confirmed and it was time to play The Rack. Question one, what is the treatment for Novichok agents? Quack. Uh, Lee. Atropin. Correct. <laughs> Number Stop. eight, true or false, cancer is the leading cause of death in Australia's... A- false. Correct. 50-50. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, what does C stand for in the acronym Doctors ABCD? Circulation. Incorrect. <laughs> oh, compre- no, wait. Correct. <laughs> Compression. <laughs> Question <laughs> oh. uh, five: A hoarse that. voice, a barking cough, and an inspiratory quack. Yep. <laughs> Did you say Crew. 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 He's making up at it. Oh. Oh. Guys, that is all we've got time for. And congratulations, Lee. Yeah. And Lee now leads with two wins to his name, and we'll soon find out who wins the Victoria Knox Rescue Tool when they go head to head a little later. But that is the year that was, and we couldn't have done it without your support. So thank you so much for tuning in. There's only one way up after a rough 2020, and we look forward to rambling with you next year. Well, there we go, guys. Year in review. So nostalgic. Makes oh, me so happy. I know. Well, can you believe it? Back when we first started, coronavirus was just the peak thing. And, uh, I mean, it's still going on. Yeah. <laughs> I but would not have thought that it was still going. Yeah. It's really, really hung around, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Just it's, like a, a, it's like I mean, we've done well here. We've done amazingly well here in Australia. I think we actually put it. We put like a time to it that we thought it was going to wrap Didn't up. Didn't we at in some one of the stage. episodes? Yes. I'm pretty sure I said um, August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, we'll, we'll have a vaccine in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, yeah. here we are. Look, mm. vaccines have been approved. Mm. Yes. Interesting topic, but we've already discussed that. So, uh, mm. look, guys, shall we get into the debrief? Let's, let's do right, it. Let's go for it. All right, guys. Well, the debrief today, we're focusing more on the aged care setting. And I mean, I know we love to talk about trauma and some of the more interesting jobs that we go to, but 
I mean, let's be honest, the predominantly the amount of work that we do is uh, aged care and the going oldies. into these, yeah, going into these aged care facilities, your Beryls, yeah, yeah. Daphne's, Maureen, I love mm. a Maureen. Um, and so to get a bit of an insight, uh, I've found a managing director of a nursing home facility, an aged care facility, a 72 bed uh, facility. And wow. uh, yeah, jo- I had a little chat with John earlier today and um, here it is. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Nah, that's great. Look, um, I want to get straight into it. Um, and just yeah. firstly, your role as an emergency nurse I'm just wondering, is it frustrating for you when you get a lot of transfers in from these nursing homes that perhaps just shouldn't be there and could be treated elsewhere or better referred? Yeah, look, as, as, as an ED nurse, uh, no doubt there is, it, it can be very frustrating when, uh, when there are presentations to hospitals that are perhaps a little bit less acute uh, than others, especially when beds are tight mm. uh, and the ambulances are queued up out the door. It, it, that can, you know, no doubt be a frustrating thing definitely mm. and in your role as a, a managing director of a, of a aged care facility um mm-hmm. i want to understand a little bit more about the uh, advanced care directives and the the not for resource orders that are in place and i'm wondering is that uh implemented by the nursing home or is that more something a gp organize with that particular patient uh it's, it's probably both so it's something that um i think all all gps um i think they should be having those discussions with with people as they're sort of considering uh, entering aged care. Um, but as, as an operator of an aged care facility, we, we certainly have those conversations with residents. We try and make sure that, that ACDs or advanced care directives or certainly plans are in place. Mm. Um, and in fact, one of the, you know, there's, there's, there's guidelines that the accreditation agencies, you know, um, sort of mark us by on how well we're running our facilities. And one of those things is, you know, are we having those discussions yeah, with right. residents? Yeah, yeah. Is there is there a standardised uh, NFR or advanced care directive form across all aged care facilities, or is it very much uh, an individualised form, which perhaps some families do with their own lawyers, or does your yeah exactly? So does... it's much. It's a little bit like uh, it's a little bit like your last will and testament. So while whilst you can go to the post office effectively and get a a sort of a, a pro forma one, which has been prepared by the New South Wales government. Mm-hmm. Um, about, about advanced care planning and what your wishes are after death. You can also engage your own lawyer, um, or if it's if it's well enough written, you can certainly write one yourself yeah, right. as well. Which is, I think, where some of the confusion comes into place. The fact that there are so many forms um, of this kind of document means that it, it can be a little confusing sometimes. Yeah, oh, I didn't even realise you could go to the post office. That's uh, good to know. <laughs> Actually, post office, I'm not so sure. It's definitely yeah. online. I just remember. <laughs> I just maybe I've shown my age here. I just remember that seeing the will kits that you could buy from the post office. I don't, I, to be honest, I don't think there's a uh, there's an advanced care directive kit. But if it's not, there probably should be. Yeah, there you go. Look, how much pressure are the nurses and uh, care staff at these um, aged care facilities under when it comes to uh, transporting, you know, an, an elderly resident that's had a fall that perhaps is not on blood thinners? Uh, so often we hear that it's part of their policy, they need to go to, to hospital when... Perhaps sometimes their advanced care directive says otherwise, and when you call the family, um, they're they're quite happy to to keep their loved one or resident at home. It, it seems to me that there's uh, a lot of pressure uh, on these nurses to to make sure that they, I guess, cover themselves. Would you agree? Uh, I think I, I think most nurses, and certainly I can only speak for the facility that I've been involved in. Most most nurses um, feel very strongly that. 
the aged care facility is is the is, that's their res- it's a resident home. Mm. It's where they live, and that's the best place for them. Um, transfers to hospitals um, can be um, very upsetting. They can be obviously very time consuming. Uh, for a person who who has a baseline of confusion or dementia, it can be a very disorienting place. Yeah. Um, I often I often liken EDs to to casinos. Yeah. Um, there's no windows. <laughs> um, there's very few clocks. Lights are always on. Um, so you can walk in Buzz at any time of day. Yeah, exactly right. And they always, but no one's winning a jackpot. Yeah. They, and they, but they always look the same. Well, you know? Sometimes so you get a miracle be. here and there. Well, every now, every now and then we do, and there's, there's lots of high fives, no doubt. But um, but it can be it can be a disorienting place for an older person. Mm. And so certainly for our place, we we feel that you know the best place for our residents um, is home mm. for them. Um, but you know every now and then something something obviously something catastrophic happens. Um, there's a lot of relief there, and there's a lot of assistance which can come from guys like yourself yeah. in the ambulances. And I'm sure I'm sure you've been in situations where. Uh, things have started to go south, and say the retrieval guys have turned up, and there's very much a "thank goodness you're here" yeah, yeah, uh, okay. kind of feeling, yeah, yeah. which yeah, yeah, that sort of comes into it as well. But well, um, I guess that's a, yeah. a, another question: is um, perhaps yeah. is there too much workload, or is the the ratios too large for for nurses in in aged care facilities? Uh, yeah, I, I think certainly across across the industry as a whole, I think. Um, I think the, the ratios need to be looked at. Where um, again, our facility that we run is a little bit different in that uh, we certainly we do have RNs, uh, registered nurses um, at the facility twenty four seven, and we sort of run um, a little bit higher ratio just because the, the, the place that we run is a little bit more uh, more intensive in terms of the care that's offered. Yeah, okay. Um, the lower care facilities often they can sometimes they will have no RNs on at night time, and and they might run. Um, at sort of ratios which more focus on on sort of payroll and numbers, I suppose, mm. as opposed to care. Mm. And certainly in those situations, uh, it certainly can be easier just to call an ambulance, uh, get that resident off site because they just haven't, but they may, perhaps they just haven't got the resources to to look after the people on site there. Yeah. Look, do you think there's a good working relationship then between um, the the staff at the nursing home and with paramedics? Uh, you know, uh, certainly at our facility, yeah, we, we, we have a really good relationship. I think our, our facility is known as one where we're trying to reduce hospital admissions. Yeah, um, Working, I guess, in, in both an ED and an aged care facility means that, um, you know, we can sort of try and offer those services that, that you sort of get um, mm-hmm. in EDs. Um, and, and, you know, paramedics are pretty clear. They pick up pretty quickly uh, what's a good facility and what's not a yeah. good facility, uh, I suppose. Yep. Yeah. And that's probably, <laughs> well, probably where some of the tension comes from, I suppose, it's probably... Mm. Is probably the level of care that's offered there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, look, John, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. We really appreciate you uh, taking your time. No problems, mate. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, look, have a have a merry Christmas and um and uh, stay safe out there. Thanks, mate. Keep up the good work. <laughs> good right. to talk to you. Look, guys, that's my uh, chat with John, and um, I guess making an advanced care directive for yourself is a pretty brave decision isn't it mm. i i don't know yes brave sure whatever but i feel like everyone needs to come to terms with their own mortality more often mm. maybe that's a bit of a paramedic perspective yeah, yeah. I think we're pretty pragmatic <laughs> absolutely i mean i had my granddad was quite unwell, unwell recently yes. and um you know a year ago i i thought oh should i is it worth broaching the the subject with him you know if his heart were to stop at home yeah. um you know what would you like and he's like oh well look if they can fix me absolutely yeah, i'd yeah. want to keep on living why wouldn't yeah. i and i'm like and it wasn't really my place to go much further than that, I don't think. But, but I think that's the thing is that like you don't necessarily have to enforce your views on someone else because mm. my nan is quite uh, – she's gotten a bit older and, and you know, aged care is becoming a thing now. And it's mm. like a 
it shouldn't have to be this is what I think you should do. But I do really believe that age, all aged care facilities should say whatever your wishes and beliefs are, that's fine. However, they must be documented. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And I I personally think that yeah. should be the, the standard. And even yeah. if the family goes, you know, it's a patient with dementia who, who – maybe doesn't have the best quality of life yeah that's fine if the family wants them resuscitated but documented yeah. so that those patients who do not want to be resuscitated are not yeah yeah and i guess there's been plenty of incidences over the year where that's been the case really hasn't it yeah. and then you find out a bit later on oh they do have a nfr exactly yeah um, it's not something that's that i mean it's something that we do are interested in getting from aged care facilities but it's mm. not something that's necessarily always handed over early yeah. or first. I mean, the, yeah. It's uh, interesting. I, th- I often thought, oh, maybe if they had like a little uh, colour above the door mm. of their room or <laughs> above the bed, black. T- tattooed <laughs> on their face. Yep. Or a little yep. <laughs> tattoo. <No. laughs> yeah, but I mean, like at the same time, you, you're working really hard and I guess not all people in these nursing homes have dementia. Um, and so mm. you're working really hard to get your family member into this nursing home mm. and um, – you get them in there and it's like, okay, now we're going to talk about whether you whether you die or whether we resuscitate yeah. you or not. Like that's but a I think there's like exactly what Jen said. It doesn't matter if they, they could say, yeah, we want everything done. None yeah. of it's going to work, by the way. Yeah. yeah. But we want everything done. Okay, no worries. That's fine as long as we know that. And yeah. the ones yeah. who don't want everything done, that is one of the first things they tell us because we're going to get in there. Yeah. We're going to put an automated CPR device on yeah. known as the Oof. granny smasher yeah. and yeah. smash them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, it is, isn't it? There's no beating around the... Yeah. No, it's brutal. And I think mm. there needs to be more... I almost feel like there needs to be a little bit more accountability amongst nursing home staff. So, like, from mm. what John describes, it sounds like his facility is pretty all over it and maybe mm. that's his ED nurse, you know, net side coming out and going, this needs to be done. But I feel like sometimes the staff at aged care facilities perhaps do get really flustered and, yeah. and don't recognise the importance of... Um, the paperwork and yeah. the importance of having these things accessible and available and someone who knows where it is and, uh, and all of that yeah. so that the right decisions can be made. Like I think we always come in with an expectation and unfortunately some like some places do meet them but unfortunately yeah. some places really let us down. I yeah. Think. I mean, is it something more that the GP should be looking at and discussing with the patient, with the residents, rather than the nursing home facility, because really they're just providing a, a house for them, a home for mm. them. Is some it something some more GPs should be well, doing, or who takes the lead role? I guess they probably all do see GPs, but yeah. then again, they, they, they might not see them very frequently. Yeah, you know, mm. like it, I'm not sure if it's a. I think it's a. It needs to be a more of a holistic approach, and it needs to be buy-in from. The family, the mm. caregivers, the GP, mm. um, based on aged care assessments, based on their comorbidities, all these things. Because 90 doesn't necessarily mean 90. Yeah. Like you've yeah. got some 90s like, that, are, that are at home living their best lives, doing all their ADLs. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but then you've got some 72-year-olds who mm. are crippled with airway limitations mm. and CCF. Yeah. So, you know, I think it needs to be come from a, 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 a more of a holistic yeah. point of view. I um, think that just got like in terms of the paperwork though, I think just needs to be presented as part and parcel of the admin paperwork of the mm. nurse of the nursing home or yeah. aged care place because like people can be front. really confronted. But yeah. if you say this is mandatory paperwork for every single resident, it's not meant to be offensive. It's just you need well, to that's tick. That's the thing. It really should be a standardised form well, across it the be. whole country, really, shouldn't it? Yeah. There should just be one and it yeah. should be attached to every uh, nursing home transfer 
Yeah. Um, Perhaps not even booklet. just nursing home, like high care nursing yeah. homes. Mm. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. If we're talking assisted living here, oh, then, yeah, then no, perhaps no. not no. because they can change their mind on a whim. But when we're in high care... Yeah. And, and the it, Margaret's in the assisted living. Yeah. I think that's... Yeah, yeah. They're okay in the Sarah. Yeah. But if no you're going to go in somewhere where, you, where you, you can't do your own ADLs, mm. you have all decisions made for you potentially or all medications given to you, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, that's something that... I think should be mandated to at least have the discussion. For sure. And yeah. how many how many advanced care directives have you seen though that's like oh, so no transport to hospital <laughs> except for comfort? And you're like, comfort, what does that yes. mean? Yes. You know, is That's it so fluids ambiguous. is comfort? Um, mm. Yeah. I like that we have a protocol that states that we can, you know, like our, our, our palliative protocol. Yeah. Um, mm. I like that. But it can be... Restrictive. It also can be. I had one not that long ago that was very unclear and un, uh, um, not very easy to follow. This, mm. this this patient had really bad written by a law firm or something. Well, right? it was written was it? by it, no. It was actually one of the one of the official ones that we oh. have. But the, the 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 doctor who had filled it out hadn't actually given enough detail for us to really understand what. They meant yeah. by that, yeah, right? And then the patient was trying to tell spot. us, and it was one of these ones. It's like give, give more morphine and leave it home for for comfort and for help with respiratory distress. Now I, I know Ooh. that that can be a treatment, but like, what does respiratory distress mean? Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. There were no parameters put on this. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. is it because she was having a bit of difficulty breathing, or is it sats at ninety? Like, who yeah. knows? You know what? That's an look, interesting one. Hopefully, um, someone will come up with a um. I think we've just come up with a pretty good idea <laughs> anyway, but um, let's yes. implement it, guys. Yes, please. <laughs> but uh, look, that time of the show, uh, let's give away this rescue tool that we've Yay. been holding on to for the last few months. Um, <laughs> this is all thanks to the paramedicshop.com.au. Uh, if you need your gear, go to them. They're fantastic. But, they are um, a great Guys, store. have you got your buzzers ready? Jen. Jen. No, <laughs> we just discussed this. Moo. Thank you. Quack. They're quacker. You said yeah. quack last time. All right, quack, guys. Quack, I think, is, it's aggressive. It, it, it drowns out a moo. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, so get in early. All right, yeah. All right guys. It's an aggressive moo. Moo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. It's time to play The Rack. Question one. Patients with a head injury are evaluated using what quack. score? Lee. Head injury. GCS. Oh, incorrect. You said the wrong one first, mate. Oh, GCS. Jen. Correct. <laughs> Number two, which term is used to describe inflammation of the brain? Quack. Um, yeah, Lee. Encephalopathy. Encephalitis, encephalopathy. Question three. First episode of Rambling Ambos went to air in what month? Moo. Yes. March. Correct. Vesaglia, well, I don't know if that's right, is pain in your reproductive organs or a hangover? Moo. Jen. Hangover. Correct. Yes. <laughs> MRI stands for what? Quack. Oh. Magnetic Moo. radioactive imaging. Correct. No, oh. it's not. No, no, no. Incorrect. You said magnetic correct resonance. Jen, Jen. Re- magnetic resonance imaging. Oh, correct. Come on. <laughs> uh, number six. The medical term meaning to die from a broken heart is what? Quack. Yes. Takotsubos. Yeah, correct. Is that to die? That's close enough, yeah. Uh, number seven. <laughs> the Guinness World Record for the longest toenails are 10, 15, or 20 centimeters. Quack. Yeah, Jen. 15. Correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, number eight. Name the four reversible causes starting with H. Quack. Lee. Or hypothermia. Yep. Hypo hypoxia. Yep. Uh, hypo 
Uh, Incorrect. Number nine. <laughs> Penicillin was uh, discovered in which era? The nineteen hundred. Quack, quack, quack. Yeah, nineteen hundreds. Correct. Oh, and that's all we've got time for today, guys. <laughs> right or wrong? Jen, you have won it for Jesse. Congratulations, Yay. Jesse. The rescue tool is yours, thanks to the paramedic shop. Sorry, Charlotte. And Lucky Lee, your streak has fallen. Anyway, Unlucky Charlotte. We'll be right back after this. Guys, we're in the clinical corner for the last time of the year. So sad. I know, and it's our final cases review as well. We've each uh, brought a case to the table to, to go through and um, get some answers from. So uh, who's going to kick us off, guys? Oh, I can probably Lee? kick us off. Uh, yeah, I'm looking <laughs> wow, at you, and okay. called you Lee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jenna, we've both got brown Jenna hair. Vieva. Yes. Jenna Viva. Yes. Jenna Viva. I have previously had anyway. Genevieve. That's, nice. That's my favourite. Genevieve. Right. Mm. What is it again? Like it. What, my name? Yeah, yeah, like, but say it properly. Not Genevieve. Oh, Genevieve with the French oh, accent. Yeah, right. <laughs> Genevieve. <laughs> All right. What's your bloody case? Anyway, okay. Right, right, right. So this one I did actually recently. Um, and I guess I kind of have two questions from it. So mm. you are called to a construction site where there has been a gas explosion mm. with an unknown number of patients. Oh. What are your first thoughts? Oh, well, um, how many patients are there? Mm-hmm. Is it safe? Danger, mm-hmm. danger, danger, danger first. Mm-hmm. Danger. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was the gas like? What's the what's the substance? Oh, yeah. Well, this is all the information we had. Right. Is it nerve gas? Because um, <laughs> I won't be going. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think probably uh, what kind of exclusion zone has been set up would be kind of one of my first things. Like, how close am I getting to this thing? Yeah. Mm. Um, to start my assessment. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'd probably just run straight on in. Uh, yeah. The other thing I'd be interested to know is the direction of the wind. Oh. Oh. Did not even think of that. Didn't you? Yeah. I want to place myself up into that stuff. I don't want to be sitting yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you were, so Carl, if you were first on scene, mm. I guess we've kind of talked about what you're thinking about, but mm. if you're first on scene, what would be your sort of first priorities, do you think? Um, I guess exact location mm-hmm. um, and trying to establish if there's fire rescue there first or yep. or police. And yeah, like what Lee said, the exclusion zone, I certainly wanting, wouldn't want to be putting myself at risk. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. I'd yep. be, be wanting to talk with fire rescue. Yeah, good. Yeah. And yourself, Lee, anything else? Same. Um, yeah, do a bit of a, a dashboard assessment of what's of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Figure out who's in charge. I'd put the um, internal AC on in the um, ambulance. Circulating. First. Yeah, Recirculating. yeah, yeah. on the way to the job. Anyway. Very clever. <laughs> Thank Good you. One. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. So um, what ended up happening, I was third on scene. So a few people here already. Yeah. Um, and what had happened was there was some um, – like industrial housing building materials mm-hmm. that had released um, flammable gases and there was heat applied and there was like a flash burn pretty much. So there were two mm-hmm. patients. Okay. Um, and so there was one crew looking after one patient who appeared to have uh, mainly lower leg burns mm-hmm. um, as well as I think circumferential forearm burns. Oh. And then the second patient was walked out as I arrived and the second patient had um, – Pretty much full body burns by his feet and his groin. Right. And pr- uh, I think parts of his back mm. and top of his head were okay. Yeah. 
Um, full thickness? Or? Well, they were varying thicknesses. Yeah, so okay, so yeah. this patient, so I'll sort of paint the picture because this was the patient I spent the most time with. So this patient um, had full thickness burns to his hands and forearms circumferentially, mm. um, blistering across his chest and his upper arms, mm-hmm. um, had burnt his eyelashes off, had burnt his hair. Yeah, okay. Um, no blistering, I, th- oh, I think no blistering to his face at that time initially yeah. um, and significant blistering and burns to his lower legs nothing on his feet because he was wearing socks oh. um, yeah. so with that in mind so so the initial estimation of the cruise on scene was about 70% burns yeah um, with that in mind this is sort of the the question I want to focus because I feel like everyone knows like your first aid is you're cooling for 20 minutes yeah. and that's pretty standard and we want to give fluid therapy yeah this gentleman was GCS 15, mm-hmm. okay, and really distressed. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, my question to you is, how would you manage this gentleman's pain? Um, were you able to get a line? Well, no. Okay. So, so initially, in the end, yep. yes, but yep. I guess from if you were managing the job and you didn't have an IC with you, how mm. would you attempt to manage it? Um, interesting. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's always hard to, to say when you, you you're, not you're not there, there but, but um, going off previous experience, mm-hmm. um, perhaps a, an, an IM morphine, 10 yep. milligrams straight up. Cool. Um, that could be a, a good one. I don't think I'd want to go methoxy in case there's like the airway burn. I, I mean, probably, I don't know how effective his, his breathing is at this yep. point. So he's GCS 15 and he's interacting. Oh, okay. There's no sats cause his hands are yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Able um, to be touched. Yeah, look, I would probably go morphine, mm-hmm. 10 milligrams IM. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. And Lee? I would reach for my easy IO. Yeah. That's yeah, well, I don't have an... No, I know, yeah. hence why no, I No, that's why, and that's, yeah, and it's it puts you in a hard but, position. Yeah. But at the same time, putting an easy IO on someone who's GCS 15 um, and talking to is going to yeah. be bloody... Painful. And so what's going to be worse, the IO going in or your burns? It's not so much the IO going in. I've never had it, thank mm. God. I've um, seen one on YouTube. Yeah. yeah look good. Yeah. <laughs> so the IO going in shouldn't technically be that painful. Really? Um, the, the transfusion of anything into yes. that, that port is going to be excruciating. Yeah. So we prime it with lignocaine 2%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, yeah. So what ended up happening was the... What about IM first? and Patient then, um, was given <laughs> methoxy first, just yep. as a as it was the okay. easiest yeah, thing yeah. to grab, yep. right? And he was compliant yep. um, to some degree. So so methoxy was administered. And, yeah, Lee, you're right. So what was done was an IO was inserted. And, yes, the patient was conscious. Um, like you said, it, it How was... Did they uh, he was uncomfortable, but it yep. wasn't terrible. Okay, the, interesting. The fluid oh. administration, he ended up grabbing the arm of the paramedic yeah. to, yep. to stop him. Yeah. Um, and what ended up happening, so the IO was the main port of administration, and then in the end we ended up getting uh, two lines in his feet yeah. just just as backups for him to be RSI'd. So they were not used mm. yeah. for medication administration but it was through the io mm. i would probably go io which is going to be painful lignocaine prime that so it's that local anesthetic mm. into the bone and then i would probably be pretty quickly just ketamine just ketamine yeah, yeah. so what ended up out. happening was he got lignocaine yeah um he got morphine yeah he got ketamine yeah and i think from reports at the end of following up with him he got 
400 of ketamine, 200 of IV fentanyl mm -hmm. or IO fentanyl, I think. Um, I think it was something like 30 of morphine and 15 of midaz. And mm. so that of that 400 of ketamine, I assume, is an induction agent. Uh, I think so. Yeah, this like, is a yeah. little bit beyond yeah. my clinical level. But yeah, yeah it was yep. just an interesting, I think, an interesting mm. thought when you don't have IV access for someone who has just excruciating yeah. pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as a, P, as a, as a qualified paramedic that's yeah. not in intensive care, that's kind of why I ask you and where yeah. I would be in that situation as well, Carl, is... is you don't have a line and we so easily rely on IV morphine yeah. or, or what we have at our disposal. Or and fentanyl. I was thinking about it afterwards. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we, like, I think what I almost fentanyl. would have done is like you said, I am morphine, methoxy and intranasal fentanyl yeah. and just I mean, compound it as much as you can. Damn good too. Yeah. Isn't it? Like it I would just be careful with I am morphine in like that volume burn surface area though, because mm. the absorption rate is so, is so um, un unpredictable yeah. and you've got such, uh, significant hypovolemia from fluid shift and fluid yeah, loss okay. that it gonna, becomes quite unpredictable. Yeah. Especially if you're going to go volumes such as like 10 milligrams. I would mm. easy does it. I would go methoxy IN fentanyl over large bolus of doses. Yeah. Of well, that's the thing. You can't really titrate the IN morph. Yeah, that's a good point. No, you, 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 it's, it's hard and it will respond very differently to all patients mm. and yep. then burn surface area included. Like that's that's yep. so unpredictable. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's my case. Nice oh, one. Fantastic. Yeah. Lee, what have well, you got? Well, it's, it kind of ties in nicely to that case, Jen, because I'd like to talk about a time when I had a patient who I gave ketamine to, mm. um, who, uh, yeah, so I'll paint the picture. So this woman had yeah, a very nasty, um, very nasty uh, compound femur. Mm. Right? She'd fallen over, nasty, nasty fracture. She's in a lot of pain. Um, she had been given morphine uh, IV by cruise on scene. Um, I think 10 to 12 and a half milligrams. Mm. We arrived and it was pretty obvious from the outset that she was going to need ketamine. Yeah. Mm. So um, gave her ketamine um, and had her, for starters, I guess what I'd like to know from you guys is what's your prep prior to if an IC has arrived on scene and is going to give ketamine, uh, how do you prep your patient in terms of lines, monitoring, that kind of stuff? Oh, well, have a four lead on um, yep. because I guess yeah. Ketamine can have that effect where it can render them unconscious, right? So yeah, you absolutely. need to be prepared for that. So mm -hmm. you, pretty much all the monitoring that you that you have, got. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I've um, seen a lot of um, ICs give oxygen, although I have to say mm -hmm. I don't know why. This is uh, so yes. good that you've said both yeah. of those things. Yeah. <laughs> this is like really feeding into exactly where I want to go with this. Yeah. So yeah, so p fully. Um, optimizing our telemetry in our patient is super important in this uh, setting because the story of this patient goes on to um, to sort of be that we gave her ketamine. Mm. And I think it was a relatively do low dose, probably 20 to 25 milligrams IV, um, standard for her weight. She became completely apneic. Mm. Right. So she had a period of apnea that lasted approximately 25, 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. Her sats went from 98 yeah. um, to sort of yeah, high 80s. Yeah, mid okay. 80s yep. um, and and she started to spontaneously breathe again but it was a terrifying terrifying 30 25 yeah. 30 yeah. seconds yeah Absolutely. so the the answer to your question i guess is like why, have the why? bbm out as well yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah so why why cnic's put up put oxygen on um ah, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 answer to that is is based on the function functional residual capacity in our alveoli yeah um when you're going to give an, an agent which is going to cause sedation. And remember, like, our morphines can do this as yeah, well. And mm. medaz. And medaz and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So 
even though our sats are sitting at 98, we might have them on two liters on nasal prongs, mm. let's say, mm. and we've got their sats from 96 to 98, and that's what we're titrating to, and we think that that's great. It's absolutely right, but there's lots of nitrogen sitting in our alve- alveoli, right? Okay. Um, what we want to do is flush out that nitrogen and replace it with oxygen. So now you're sitting in our alve- alveoli is uh, is hyperoxygenated sacs, right? Mm. Um, in fact, a little bit of a little bit of pressure in that in that mask can cause a, a touch of peep as well. So I'm not sure yep. if you guys un- understand the so peep, um, but it's the positive end express end expiratory pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you think about blowing up a balloon, the hardest part is that first part, oh. snapping it open. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's hard. awful. That's the hardest Carl part. Hates yeah. So, <laughs> so when the patient sort of breathes out and those alveoli collapse again, yeah, it takes a little bit of resistance, right, to yeah, get that to get it back, back up. Open. So a little bit mm. of peep just keeps them open. Mm. When they're saturated with oxygen, with sixty-five percent on a non-rebreather, uh, for five minutes prior to the in- uh, sort of the introduction of ketamine, they go apneic for 25, 30 seconds. You won't see much of a drop in their yeah. sats. Oh, yeah, okay. a bit like okay. pre-hospital RSI, pre-oxygenate, yeah, pre-oxygenate, pre-oxygenate, pre-oxygenate. Yeah, they always see that. Yeah, and then mm. they render them completely unconscious and paralysed, mm. and their sats generally don't drop for no. that 20, 30, 40 seconds it yeah. takes to tube them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting. Like I think what we should probably be doing just more get a bit so, more set up, a bit more ready for a bit it. More set up, all mm. the t- all the monitoring on, all our telemetry on. But let's pre-oxygenate this patient with 65% through non-rebreather prior to the IC arriving. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they get there, you can go, yeah, sweet, let's go straight into ketamine. And if they do have that period of apnea, which is well documented, mm. um, the risk mitigation has been sort of yeah. undertaken. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because I didn't know that. Like mm. I see ICs do it, but I haven't known yeah. that it would be helpful to pre-oxygenate, you know, yeah. knowing that ketamine is probably going to be administered. And I'm well, sure that's I didn't know it causes those apneic episodes. Yeah. I thought it was more safer compared to your medaz yeah, and your it, morphine. It definitely is cardiovascularly yeah, safer. Yeah. But at the same time, we're still, you know, there is there is data out there now to suggest that it causes these periods of apnea potentially and mm. high, um, more more chance of of um, vomiting yeah right so therefore higher chance of aspiration etc interesting so, yeah there yeah. you go little tidbit huh. for you thanks uh, well guys mine's pretty quick yes. and simple well not simple at first but um we went to westfield yes. um for a for a gentleman a 70 year old who uh, had just eaten lunch um Normal lunch um, and uh, then had a syncopal episode afterwards. Felt really, uh, and it was quite clammy, diaphoretic. So I we got there. every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very common. Ve- oh, you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I get out of work all the time yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So look, uh, initial set of obs were all between the flags. However, he looked quite flushed. Mm. Um, wasn't tacky, wasn't hypotensive, um, didn't have anything out of the ordinary in terms of his meal. Mm. Um, so allergic reaction, I mean, there's always the possibility, but in all, in all honesty, it didn't run through my mind. It probably should have a little bit earlier, but anyway, we get him, um, get him onto the stretcher. Uh, he was a bit dizzy when he stood up, got him onto the stretcher, um, and uh, into the ambulance and, um, did a, he became really diaphoretic again and a bit pale and had a a pre-syncable episode on mm. the stretcher and his BP dropped to about um, 70 systolic, mm. um, mm. 65, 70. So a pretty significant drop. Yeah. Um, so straight away f- uh, fluids um, and this is where hindsight's good. I was thinking, oh, could it, it could have been perhaps a, well, what could it have been? Mm. A, a, so what was his, was, did his blood pressure correct completely between these yes, events? Yes, yes. Yeah. Corrected completely. With and posture and, or just? Um, just, yeah, yeah, with posture lying down. 
Um, yeah, supine, and then um, you look like you know what it is. No, so I don't. Like, oh, I, I mean, where I would be going with that, like you, well, syncopes generally aren't aren't, aren't uh, present don't present with flushed skin. Yeah, right? yeah. So I guess that would be odd to me, and I would probably go down the line of has this been some sort of allergic reaction, mm. which is going to cause hypotension. Yeah, is this anaphylaxis a GI yeah. uh, anaphylaxis? But um, anyway, look. The fluids came. Uh, the the BP came back up with fluids, and uh, we transported up to the uh, closest hospital. We didn't give any adrenaline, um, and he went into a normal bed. We came back later. He was in resus. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing happened again. Another episode, uh, a, a sinkable episode mm. on their bed, and um, the only other thing I'll add is that he had tuna for lunch. Oh, is this a scombroid? Yes, hey. another scombroid. Another scombroid. Yes. I told you, there's something scombroid in the water. There scoundrel. is something in the water, and you it's know what? The tuna. Someone else uh, mentioned it to me. It is the tuna. It is. Um, wow. Yes, poorly stored. Yeah, fish. poorly stored fish. Mm. And um, yeah, You're the doctor right. came back out, and he was like chuffed, and he's like, and the best thing is, no one can. Um, you can't. There's no test to diagnose it. It's mm. just a. Um, did you think of it at the time? No. <laughs> Even after I taught you this? I know. Oh, my God. Carl, yeah, please. Sorry. Look, Why? I'm not learning much, but hopefully other guys? people are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, guys, uh, that's that's bringing us right to the end of the show oh, um, and sad. to the year. Wow. Our first year rambling. Um, guys, thanks so much. Uh, Jen, you've been fantastic. And, Thank and you. And Lee. Thank you. And Evan at home as well who couldn't yes. make it in. Um, so, uh, look, I mean, we got to um, we got to call it... Uh, Call it quits. Yeah. Hey, well, not complete quits. Not quits. Just till next year, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah. 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 What about the driving song? Yes. Well, I haven't forgotten that. So really? I was thinking, driving song uh, for Christmas time. Are we thinking a bit of a blubbly? Uh, blubbly. <laughs> Buble. <laughs> Buble. Oh, you know what? I have to say, you're, you're I not think a fan. No, he can do no I have. Wrong, a, that man. I have one He's an particular go to song at Christmas time. I think we all do. I think we do too. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, look, that is all we've got time for. Thank you so much for, for helping us out this year. It's been uh, a lot of fun making this podcast and uh, we very much look forward to it next year. But um, until then, have a Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next year. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Bye.